It is a time of legend. The galaxy is in flames. The age of knowledge and enlightenment has ended. The age of darkness has begun. A quick editor's note. This show took a very long time for me to edit due to the start of the Oklahoma school year. Because of this, the podcast is about two weeks late. It was supposed to be out on August 11th and had been recorded with that intent. As such, some of the information in this podcast is a couple of weeks behind, but I don't think any loss in qualities have been maintained. I'll talk a little more at the end of the show about plans for the show going forwards. Greetings and welcome to the 13th episode of the Fires of Betrayal podcast, a podcast that is dedicated to discussing the various games set in the Age of Darkness, as well as all the lore that surrounds them. Today we are talking about new epic, Legions Imperialis. Are we on the way to a fantastic release, or have things fallen off the rails a bit? Yeah. So at the time of recording this episode, I think we're going to start straight on the big news that a few days ago... We were informed, the whole community, that the new box isn't going to be released in August. Joining me today to talk about it and everything else that Games Workshop put out about the fantastic game is AJ. Hi, everybody. So yeah, starting at the top. Everybody's mad that it got delayed. Yeah. And there's been no official explanation as to why. Oh, I mean, we're recording on the night of the 6th of August, and we just had that little preview video put out by Games Workshop, and... Yeah, really feels like it should have been out this weekend. Rumor mill is going wild with the as to why, mm -hmm. but it seems like the one that's most consistently brought up is that there was some sort of misprint in the main rule books. Yeah, I've not heard it from a direct source. Like no one who's seen the book has told me, but I'm at good trusted second degree information where folks who know folks have seen the book, have seen some problems with it, and have also been told by Games Workshop that book has to go back to them, which is... That's going to put a damper on the release by a bit? I, I, I just, I can't even get my head around, like, yeah, this is, I said a couple of episodes ago that this, this is the release that's going to make or break Games Workshop for the next 10 years, and I'm a little panicked. Somebody uh, dropped the ball somewhere. Yeah. Coming the weekend of Gen Con, when every other games company out there has revealed their next year's worth of products... And you've got um, the magazines that do, you know, who sold the most wargaming products in the year, sort of kind of announcing that Games Workshop's not got the lead they had this time last year. This feels really, really scary. Now, how much of a screw up like would a misprint be? Like, what would that do for an actual release? Like, I've seen people talking like, oh, it's going to push it back like a month or so. But I've also heard the flip side of that saying it's going to be six months. What's the thinking there? The people who I trust generally all say six months and it seems outlandish but if you think that they've actually got a production trouble with the book you have to try and work out when did they realize they had the problem it's like they obviously didn't know a month ago when we had the previews otherwise they wouldn't have done it and if it had just been a warehouse issue they wouldn't be pulling back copies from the influencers who's already received them which means they're doing some sort of hot fix does that mean they're going to put an insert in every box? That would be the simplest and quickest fix, but probably the least useful. And you have a lot of people pissed off at that. Yeah, and that even that means opening every single box they're planning on shipping around the world and putting something in. It winds up being not really realistic when you think of it that way. Yeah, but equally, if they're going to print a new round of books and put them in all the boxes, 
that means they've got to do a full print run and then distribute that print button from the printing location. Yeah, with that in mind, I could see the six months being quite plausible. Six months feet like to be honest, when they when you sort of think it like that, six months feels quick. Yeah, but it had been pointed out that I, I don't know the date, and we'll see that because in a minute we aren't just going to talk about this for the next hour. We're going to go and look at what they talked about about the game. But there was a point a couple of weeks ago where suddenly the game disappeared from Warcom. About two weeks ago, we had those like daily articles, and then suddenly there was about a week with nothing, and then they've been coming out one at a time. Right when they said they were doing Heresy Thursday, you know, I had wondered about that. And it's just wondering whether they decided that they're going to eke out the material. Stick with what they've got rather than try to... Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. So if that indicates that was still like... That was getting close to three weeks ago now. We've had two Charity Thursdays. So, you know, maybe if it takes six months, we're not looking at like an actual six months. Maybe it's six months production time. We're already on that timeline. Mm. Um, they just had to throw it. They just had to say that they weren't going to release on in August this week because this was going to be the drop weekend. Yeah, that's me and a lot of folks I know aren't happy about this. But no, no. I mean, I mean, this is huge. I mean, it's got it's going to have one of those weird rippling issues, like down to folks we know who own stores. Like next week is going to be a terrible sales week for Games Workshop. Are we sure it's not April first? You know, it feels weird. And I'm very scared. From... For the product itself or? For the whole company. This sort of stuff is the mark of something that goes, not so to the product. Okay, let's get this right. I'm scared for specialist games. I see. Okay. Like, this is the type of mess up that could mean a reorganization. And suddenly we're looking at different ways of us having to how we handle the products within the hobby we really like. There's not much that comes out of Games Workshop that doesn't come from specialist games that I buy these days. I don't really do 40k. I do Heresy, Titanicus. I make eyes at Necromunda. <laughs> so it winds up being putting a crosshair on what we tend to gravitate towards. I see your point. That's my worry. But equally, it could have been the fact that, you know, they've just spent so much effort trying to get 40k out the door and they missed it. It's still a pretty big thing to miss. Like, you have to review a production copy. Like, here's your proof copy. Yeah. Give the yay or nay on it. Like, somebody just wasn't paying attention. Unless they printed the wrong one. Somebody sent the wrong files. Yeah, it could be. But they still would have sent a proof copy before they approved the full run. Yeah. But I've seen that happen before. Like, it, this isn't the first time Games Workshops accidentally printed the wrong version of a book. I'm trying to remember when the last time was, but I remember my brain's telling me this has happened before. There was a... There was a Age of Sigmar book a couple of years ago this happened to, I want to say. Mistakes happen, but oof. That said, in the positive note, the people who were talking about the book going back are all telling us that the models look fantastic. Even the kind of derpy models people were worried about, they apparently in the box set are much crisper detailed, and when painted up in colours that aren't Death Guard, they look even hotter. So yeah, I've heard that sentiment as well, so I'm excited to see these in person. I really am. I love my micro machines. I think that's all we really need to say about the release or the lack of release. Yeah, we're all sad, but it's coming. But it's coming. It, they aren't going to not do it. They spent too much money on it now. Way too much at this point. <laughs> yeah. Now, on a different note of um, stuff that's not been put out by Warcom, uh, I do want to draw people's attention to Tabletop Standard, the fantastic YouTube channel that covers Titanicus content. Over there in the last couple of days, for those people who don't know, Chris runs Tabletop Standard, fantastic guy, was on my podcast, got engine cast a few times, top class bloke. He's been putting out some video content, some more podcast content if I'm being truthful, about the upcoming 
new epic, but he is only putting out information that doesn't come from Warcom. And through his sources, he was able to find a leak of some rules for the different Space Marine Legions and a few other things, and he's put two videos out. They're both really good. I have a policy on my podcast not to discuss leaked materials. It just opens the door to things, and I don't want to have to deal with that hassle. But you probably should do yourself a favour and go and listen to his stuff. It's really interesting. Give you a good idea. I mostly don't want to do leaked materials because I don't I don't personally spend much time looking for leaks and I have a hard time verifying them. So whereas Chris is a bit more good at that sort of stuff, so and I'm not gonna repeat what he said, so <laughs> Okay. <laughs> well, um that all said, let's actually look at what Games Workshop have been putting out. We have a lot of Warcom articles we haven't discussed on this podcast. About ten of them. But yeah, we got ten articles to look at. We aren't gonna go through each one with a tight fine tooth comb but we will sort of give a an overview so we'll start over a month or about a month ago now 10th of july warhammer community investigates how did the biggest battles the horus heresy shape legions imperialis it's a bit of a fluff piece if we're being truthful and this one came out before things started slowing down so definitely of that just more content content for the grind yeah there really wasn't much of substance in it at all at the time there was because they had the Images of stuff we hadn't seen, like ruined buildings and tiles. But we're going to talk about those more in a minute. Um, I think, in retrospect, it was a bit of a... Nothing previewed is nothing... It was very, very much of a teaser article. Very teaser. Well, the only good part that came out of the article was just the um, the comment that each of these Legions games are going to routinely feature hundreds of entry, infantry models and dozens of armor and walker models. So it just gives yeah. you a sense of the size of the games we'll be playing. Yeah, and this definitely is one of those, it was one of those articles they put out which was definitely designed to drive people like us to stare at every image and spot stuff they haven't talked about. <laughs> um, during this, they, there were some tiles and ruins, as I said, that were just, that's what everyone's talking about, not the actual words uh, in the article. Yeah, they succeeded in that regard. Oh, they did, which I think we'll see as we go on. We're going to see a change in their tone, which is, I think, going to tie to when they realized the launch is going differently than they planned. So we then had a bit of a quiet period, and then a week later, on the 17th of July, we had Lifting the Bonnet on the Theon Heavy Sentinel, the faster, meaner Solar Auxilla Combat Walker, which has some nice zoomed-in views of this heavy Sentinel that's part of the launch box, and I'm really excited to see them. They look really neat. I love the zoomed-in pictures. My first thought when I saw them was, oh look, it's a smaller direwolf. Well, that's not... Yeah, with missiles. Um, <laughs> Big main weapon on the carapace, and then like the little secondary support ones. Like that's there's a certain thing that makes them look like some of the old rogue trade dreadnoughts as well. It's just something about them that looks very 1980s. I I like them. I think I'm more excited to see them in heroic scale than I am epic scale. But do you think they'll actually make that jump? Oh, I I got this strange feeling. This. There are several reasons that I'm suspecting that we're going to see heroic scale solar auxiliary in plastic this year. They've already teased that a new plastic army's coming, and these designs just look too good. I can't imagine they're just going to do the small versions of them. Then you can always scale CAD stuff up pretty easy. They can, I mean, and they've been demonstrating that with the Titanicus range for forever, so. Okay, so moving on from that, we then had the first Her Heresy Thursday article on the 20th of July. So there we've seen our break. We've had our 10-day break between two articles, or a week, seven-day break, and then a couple of days later, Heresy Thursday, hey, we're doing a preview every week. And in this, they show off the first set of miniatures that are not going to be in the core box. These are going to be the 
additional support box, the Legion Astartes support box, showing a whole pile of Leviathan Dreadnoughts, some Daradeo Dreadnoughts, and some heavy weapon platform type things. What are they called? Tarantulas, rapier batteries. Tarantulas and rapiers, yes. Um, yeah. This looks like it's a really fun box. I mean, there's a lot of models in it. Yeah, they were saying there's going to be four Leviathans, four Daredeos, four Rapier batteries, and the four uh, Tarantula batteries. It's a good bit of models for what for the size of a box. Yeah, I mean, the, and the, the Leviathans look... I love Leviathans. I think Leviathans are one of the best-looking Dreadnoughts around at the moment. I like the Daredeo. I think the Daredeo looks good. Not as sold on the heavy weapons, the Scorpius, the Tarantulas either. I'm not sold on the tarantulas. The rapiers are okay. Looking at the models, I think I'd be more happier if they'd actually drilled out the barrels, which, you know, coming from me is a big statement because I don't... <laughs> I I'm not great about drilling out my barrels, but you really notice them on these these models. You're going to have to get a small drill bit, my friend. Yeah, I know. I think, well, I think the trick is actually not drilling them out. It's going to be just indenting them. So there is at least just a shallowing of it. So it's not just a flat surface. Yeah. You can always fill that with some black paint. Yeah. I just find the, I just think the um, autocannon arms on the Daradeo just look really flat, especially if they sort of edged highlighted the edge. Maybe probably because they zoomed in on the pictures, but... Yeah, on the tabletop, the only way you're really going to see is if you pick an individual unit up and scrutinize yeah. it. Yeah. But no, it looks good. It looks like we're going to have, oh, as far as the dreadnoughts go, we'll have two with claws and melter lances and two with siege claws and the gatlings. I'd be very interested to know how modular they are. Of note to a great deal of heresy enthusiasts, I'm not sure you're going to be able to get away with the dual close combat one. Because that's not how we get them in heresy. We usually have the ones with guns and the ones with claws. So You can always model them in. That's not a problem. Yeah, I know. And you're going to be having modeling the, the Phosphex launchers as well. Presuming they don't come with them. I hope they come with the Phosphex launchers if I want to make micro versions of my own dreadnoughts. <laughs> um, We're going to have a lot of fun with these. Yeah, I mean... Once again, they would probably look better in any other Legion other than Death Guard. Makes me wonder why Death Guard's their um, uh, poster boys for this release. I think it's something to do with the fact that they do go well with the silver of the Solar Auxiliary. I'm not sure what other Legions they could have done. Like, I don't think they wanted to do Imperial Fists or, or, or the Sons of Horus again. And Ultramarines is just too overplayed at this point. Yeah, so they see so you avoid Ultramarines, you avoid Sons of Horus, you avoid Imperial Fists... You're leaving, you're basically down for the Red Legions, you, got, you know, so I get why they've done them. I mean, Iron Warriors are just going to be silver, which is going to same as the Dollar Ox. You couldn't do, didn't wanna, wouldn't want to do them. Raven Guard would just look black. You wouldn't want to do the Night Haunters because they are... Um... Lightning Bolts. So suddenly, you know, you're looking at Word, bear, word Bearers, Blood Angels, Mountain Suns, the Red Legions, and they'd look okay, but... Games Workshop seems to have a thing against red armies, partly because there was a stage in Games Workshop's history where everything was red. Yeah, it could be it. Trying to get away from it. Yeah, I think they just went that direction. It's not terrible, I just... Okay. Our next then release is where we start getting into some really interesting articles. 24th of July, a couple of days later, we have an interview and the first little video they put up on YouTube, which is a fun little video talking about the design team making the really small models. I really enjoyed this series of articles because as somebody who does 3D modeling, it was interesting to see what they were thinking as they were doing it. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of similar pictures we've seen before. They mention like collectors a few times in the whole thing, which is nice. They 
I know there's a bit of pushback in the community about the idea that, you know, oh, we're all gamers here, you know. But it's nice that, you know, Games Workshop do understand that some of us just like collecting these armies. Like, my Wordbearer's army is fairly big, and some of it's never going to see the table. I've got it because I want it. The rule of cool. Yeah. And leaning into that as I'm becoming more a mature gamer, more a mature hobbyist, is fun. And I I just kind of want to make have my Wordbearer's army in small scale. And uh, yeah, but they're accepting that. Um, uh, the one thing from this article that really stood out to me was when they were talking about the scaling questions of how they will take an existing model and bring it down to this scale and like what they do to keep the identity of it alive. Like, cause you can easily drop anything down scaling just with a scroll wheel in your computer, but to get stuff that jumps out and still keeps the same kind of visual flair, kind of like, um, they were talking about the riveting and trim panels, like on the Bane blades and the tanks. Like if they exaggerate them a little bit just to have them show up better on the tabletop. So, you know, like, okay, it's easier to see. I like it better type thing. They did that with the, the Titans as well, whenever. So it was neat, neat to see. Yeah. And I, um, I think of note is them talking about their favorite miniatures being the solar ox, like how they were able to talk about redesigning and redoing. And I think that's kind of, again, as who also play larger heresy, Again, they're definitely working with the CAD files. They've done a lot of the design work. It's not going to be hard for them to get these on the table at a larger scale. Um, and the models, although they're saying they're resizing them, you compare the models of these of the Lehman Russes and the Malkador to the Forgeworld versions, they're definitely not the same. They've done some work on them. Well, they did specify that um, not all uh, units are going to get scaled the same. Um, just because they wanted to ensure the ease of identification on the table. So that could be part of that. I don't know. Some of it feels frivolous, like the way they've done the trim around the turrets of the Mal Malkadors and the like. Um, oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Make, just making it more exaggerated than what you would expect. Heck, yeah. But it, they don't really have that trim really much on the model as is. So it's, yeah, it just pops slightly different. As someone who's spent a lot of time staring at the tanks recently. Um, yeah, otherwise, it's, it was a fun article. Um, nothing really groundbreaking. A lot of the pictures were recycled. I do want to point out the other studio army, it appears, is Iron Hands. Quite often, they got the black tanks fight, fighting off against Death Guard. So if that's another good reason for having white versus black. It does contrast pretty well. That's true. Oh, and this was our first look at how they're going to be doing the flight bases for the Aeronautica stuff. Yes, because they have that Thunderhawk with that lovely flight base. It did look really nice. I'm kind of worried about the size of it. I was expecting something like oval, especially for the Thunderhawk mm -hmm. being a bigger model. But maybe it's not as big of an issue as I'm expecting it to be. But... Okay. So the thing about this flight base, which I, which makes me really interested, is the way that the actual base has that metal, that sort of steel thing it's resting on. The stand-up like plastic piece. Yeah, you got the you got the white plastic piece, and it touches this like metal going upwards. Oh, you think it's metal? I don't think it's really metal. I think they painted it metal. But I reckon that's designed to, for you to slot the stem in and out so you can transfer them between that and the aeronautica bases. Well, yeah, the aeronautica bases for the Thunderhawk had the same like little extra height peg on it as well. Okay. Oh, did it? Okay. It did. Okay. Yeah. So that's going to be interesting to see if that's a common feature or whether we get... No. I never actually picked up the Thunderhawk model, so... I think I've got three of the things. Nice. One I did like opened where it's like uh, as a diorama, like disgorging troops type thing, and then I did the other ones just for flight. It's a fun model to put together, really fun. All the aeronautical stuff was. So then we have the next article, which is about scenery. Came out 
like the next day with another video um scenery on a new scale showed some really good pictures of some brand new piece of scenery like ruined dividas terrains and barricades which are really flat they are one foot squares and there are six of them so i make a nice six by four six by two table Is that right yeah, there's six of them, they're 12 by 12s, so yeah, that would be a six by two. Which is a very weird size. No, I'm sorry, that, that's not a six by two, what am I thinking of? That's a, there's, they give you six of them, Yeah. and then they're 12 inches of size, so it'd be a three by two. Yeah, three by two. So, like, you're going to need another set to get to four by six? Good old Games Workshop, keeping you spending money. Yeah, <laughs> like, you look nice, it's just, yeah. Yeah, for, for being the game size being five by four, you'd expect them to, you know, have five by four. Well, and we we haven't quite got there yet. Let's let's let, let's save that one until that article happens because I've I've got a tangent I'm gonna go on. Oh, okay. My bad. No, don't worry about it. Cut that bit. <laughs> yeah, well <laughs> I like them. I mean the tiles look great. I just don't think I'm gonna pick them up because they're probably gonna be expensive for what they are. That said, the new Civitas scenery looks great. These ruins look amazing, as does the little bits of damage. I look forward to picking them up and basing them have exploded buildings on my table and then they're relaunching all of the old civitas um terrain from titanicus the spires are coming back out and the manufactorum kits coming back out as well all great um i've got piles of it but uh yeah again i mean nothing new nothing that really jumped out at, at me for being like incredible nothing game changing no and to be honest at this point that article is one of the ones where i sort of started checking out a bit started preparing to get back to school so i wasn't as free time-ish as i was but something about the article started just being like oh okay yeah cool let me know when it's coming out it's like this is expected stuff show us something of substance which is why we haven't like I, a month ago we were like woohoo fantastic and we were doing these podcasts whenever new stuff came out and then i was sort of telling you guys hey we probably should record something and then that scenery one came out and i was like oh this is really good but like whoop de do all of that stuff we previewed on that article when we started with one that didn't really say anything we found all that information out by staring at the pictures things did change a bit the next day with the tiny tanks preview article they put out um showed us a lot of pictures of well tanks but more than tanks we also got some more aeronautica flying bases with the arvis lighters we got some pictures of the krytos heavy tank in small form which is fantastic because i actually love the krytos model in 30k i'm glad that's appearing in smaller scale I think it looks even better in smaller scale, if I'm being honest. And then the new Bane Blade, which is where I really got the... Oh! Because that Bane Blade does not look like the current Bane Blade kit. No, it it's a bit um elder. <laughs> yeah, it's got a definite gothic feeling to it. I don't mind that. I think it, it fits pretty well. Yeah. Um, I love the fact there's some definite small stuff you can do, putting people in and out the cupolas of these tanks. Sponson options, the cupola options, all of it. Yeah, yeah, it looks really neat. And I do like the trim on it. I mean, it's going to be a pain to paint, but I think they're going to look good. I mean, they're fairly big. They're about knight size. And as someone who's painted a lot of knights in epic size, they're not going to be terrible. And then they finally finished showing us some pictures of the rhino that are coming in boxes of 10, which is fantastic because they're going to be small, dinky, and probably close to one, <laughs> one single point models. Uh, apparently they have the ability to swap out weapons on them, put Havocs on them and like, which would be neat. I'm excited to have a box of 10 Rhinos. <laughs> I think that's part of the appeal of this game is that you can just have a ton of whatever guard like unit you want. Then it won't break the bank. Yeah, it's a solid release. This 
I think the tanks made it made a wave again in the community sphere. Everyone was very happy to see them. We'd already seen previews of the Baneblade a couple of articles ago. They just haven't really brought it out. Next up, we then go to the size comparisons a day later. It was nice that they got the side-by-side -side pictures out to where you could actually see what this stuff looks like compared to the old stuff. Yeah, so we had a load of pictures of of the different different versions of Epic in the past with the new Epic scale models. And you could see the evolution. The, you can really see the detail on the Solarox models, how incredibly detailed they are, especially in comparison with the old 80s models. You can also tell they aren't gonna, the scale's not going to be a huge change. I don't think anyone's going to really be upset if you use the old ones, if you rebase them. You may want to rebase them and build that base up slightly higher. But definitely these new ones look so much better, so crisp. For me, the great winner of this was the images of the Titans. Yes. I've really longed for these images, like, for years now. Because people talk about the old Titanicus models and how they were just out of scale, and I think this drives the point home wonderfully. When the modern the modern Reaver is twice the size of the original one? Yeah, the Warlord is fantastic, that change in Warlord. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, and it also brings home to me, like, I like the Lucius pattern Warlord. There is something about that Lucius pattern Warlord that just looks good. I wish they'd bring those kits back. <laughs> That well, I was about to say, but that said, I'm not sure how good it would look at the larger. Like, I think they'd have to do a lot of work with it to make it look good, even at the newer scale. It is half the scale of the Warlord. Yeah, with how they've changed and modified and updated all the other stuff, I I feel like I would trust them with that. Yeah, I, th I think they could do it. It's just going to be. I think there's quite a lot of things you would have to do um, yeah. to get it there. But yeah. I do like the note they threw at the bottom of them, that like there were no digital manipulation. All images were shot side by side in a white studio background. It, I know Games Workshop have old models, and it makes me really happy that there was a moment in time that these Titans were standing right next to each other again. Um, yeah, been, been, it would have been a great day to actually been in that photo studio, seeing them all come out of the boxes. Yes, that would have been. It was very much of a fluff piece, and other than going out there to be like, you know, generating a few memes, it didn't really do a huge amount. So yeah, so next up, the big one, the end of the month, July 31st, the day before we rolled into August, the day before we were expecting to start hearing about release dates. We hadn't, game stores had started to worry, or people started suspecting it was going to come later in the month, and then they drop an article on us that is loaded with information about the game. Let's work through it. Did you have any immediate, like, surprise thoughts upon seeing this article? Well, yes, we're going to start with the top one, which is the Battlefields. The battlefield size was uh, confirmed to be a five foot by four foot uh, play field yeah. with a recommended size of 3,000 point games. I mean, 3K, that is 30K. That makes sense. You actually find that the 3,000 points in Horus Heresy has been pretty well balanced when you compare it to the old 2,000 point games of 40K because the prices of most units have been brought up. Like, you know, a full, fully kitted out tactical squad is running, you know. 250 points back in the day a fully kitted out tactical squad came in around 120 points so like yeah i can deal with the 3000 point side it's just escalation of points gives you more space to play with numbers the battlefield though oh this got me why five by four they've never done five by four before or is this old epic mm, i don't know about that one yeah i'm fairly sure it used to always be played on a four by four and titanic has played on a four by four and all of our previous zone of, more, uh, zone of battle tables sold by Games Workshop for Titanicus, 5x4, 
the personal mats are all four by four. We just don't have like it's going to change. I don't know. It's interesting. It's not like I mean I'm glad it's not six by four. I think six by four would have been too big for Epic, but and I'm glad it's not like the weird quarter inches that they do with 40k now. But it's a different size. It's not standard, and that's yeah. Now, is that going to be something you think that's going to be a problem with just folks not having the pre-made or prerequisite stuff? Or is it going to be a, you can still use a 4x4, but just have the extra little bit for your reserve units type thing? Well, I think it's going to be a gameplay of 5x4. I mean, if you gameplay of 5x4, you'll have a little bit of space by the side on a 6x6 for the rest of your reserve units and the like. I get how you could have got to a 5x4 if you start thinking the game gamers playing on a 6x4 space. I think for people who are coming from Titanicus, suddenly have an extra two one-foot squares of scenery to find. They've got a, all of the battle mats that were 4x4 are now not going to be able to be used in it. Well, that begs the question, what forces you to use the 5x4? That's just recommended size. Yeah. You could probably get away with downscaling it. They could, but I actually do find that Games Workshop games get really weird when you move off the recommended game size. It might. This might be something we'll just have to try it. We'll have to. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I've got six by six mats. I can put a blue line on, but it just not my Titanicus mat. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure how quick. Like, it's just gonna be weird. And it's one of those things that means that there are gonna be people out there with four by four battlefields. But they'll not be playing the recommended start way that. So they'll be. They'll play on the. If they play on the four by four, they're not playing the recommended way. Which will inevitably lead to some weird game mechanic glitch. Um, speaking as someone who is a kid, I couldn't fit a 6x4 table in my house back in the UK. My house was pretty small. So my home table was always a 4x4. So I played like 3,000 point games of 40k on a 4x4 table, and it meant that our, me and my buddy's local meta was just vastly different. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Quite often meant that missions came in that had deployment. We were sort of having to rejig the deployment maps to make them work on the smaller table. Mm, that's part of the fun, though. It is. I mean, I'm not saying it wasn't fun. It just... It creates a different standard if if you're trying to play with random people. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it just can turn a balanced game into something it isn't. And it just... I can see your point with that. Yeah. I don't know. It's just... It's the first point I went like, ah, that was a real choice. And I think it's the first time I've been as a Titanicus player going, oh, I can't just now just pick up the box set and I'm good to go, which... Explain that one to me, because I'm not following you there. Like, why wouldn't you be able to be good to go? If if I was a pure Titanicus player and I only had six by six, uh, four by four mats, I'm now at the stage of like, oh, now I've got to get more than a six by uh, 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 four by four table together. Mm, okay, I can I can kind of see it. Like, and it's not a huge deal because I think people would get there quickly. But for people who are, you know, oh, do I want to pick up an extra game? Yeah, I'm also having. Anxiety due to Aeronautica, because one of I think one of the biggest failings with Aeronautica was their hex map. Um, well, I thought it was great for the gameplay. I think it did make people less inclined to play because you had to have a special map to play it, and it didn't come in the standard box. You had to go and get it separately. Not everyone had it. Whereas old school Aeronautica used to just be played and you measured distance between models standard Games Workshop style. Um, so that was really bad for Aeronautica. It made Aeronautica very much a get this extra thing to play the game properly. Ah, uh, okay. That makes more sense then. I can see I can see why you have that. Th yeah, this is not quite to that extent, but it's still definitely 
I've, I've seen people been turned off games by similar things like this before. Um, yeah. Okay. Anyway, that said, let's talk about the building the army, which is where they start. They talk about the fact that you have to declare an allegiance, loyalist traitor. No surprise there. And then you pick an up primary army list. That primary army list is going to represent 70% of all of your units, which is fine. I hate calculating percentages. Yeah, and right now the uh, right now it's talking about how it's uh, they only have Astartes or Solar Auxiliary, but they're likely to add more in the future. And it's been implied that that's Admech or some form of Mechanicum. Yeah, this once you get, I'm going to sound really down on this particular article. Um, again, this is one of those points where I was like, and I won't be able to play my knights. I've been hoping that I'd just be able to bust out my knight household. Yeah, they they went down a little bit. Um... When it comes to allied contingents, like the remaining 30 points of your force, the way the article is worded is that it states that it's up to 30% of your points cost may be allied. So Mm -hmm. that means no Titan Legios on the table, like it's one or two supporting Titans, and then that's going to severely limit any of your knights or like Navy support, like flyers. Yeah. So that felt kind of odd. It's almost like they're trying to force infantry and tanks on the table rather Mm. than have people use the stuff they already have. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't just play my knight army. Um, Which you feel like you should be able to do because they're knights. Like, this is going to be the game they shine rather than Titanicus, where they kind of feel like stuck in. Yeah. Um, which is a real decision. And also, like, I don't know, it just... I've been telling, like, myself the whole time with this box, oh, great, this box will be, you know, a pretty good army. But it's like, hang on a minute. I mean, people are talking, I'm going to sell my solar auxiliary, auxiliary part. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, you know, you probably can use both of them. I'm now looking at this going, actually, if you've got, only got 30% of your army that can be Titans... You're going to have to use the entire box. You can't use... You, if you're going to take a Titan, a couple of Titans for that 30%, that locks you into Space Marines or Auxiliary. Yep. So, sure, you're going to end up selling half your box. Um, I mean, we'll see. More rules are going to come out eventually, but yeah. Initial response was like very much a, uh, what? They talk about how you pick your... Components, you start by picking formations and detachments. A detachment is the main building block of the army, a platoon of infantry, banner of knights. Formations are your strategic groupings, very similar to old 7th, 8th edition 40k. You have your detachment, and they will have so many units within it. Uh, you've got to have one formation in your primary army list for every 1,500 points, so two formations at 3,000. Nice and simple. Uh, they give you a couple of examples of a formation. You've got a demi company um, as an example, which is like you've got to have a HQ, a support, and two core units, and then you get a pile of optional stuff that can just be dropped in. Um, and they get some special rules. It looks kind of nice, nice and simple. Force organization is going to be nice. Um, it also says we've got some of the specialized companies, an armored company or an aerial assault company. When you've done that, you can spend 30% of your points on ally contingents. That represents knight households and titans. I really wish... I, I'm, I'm, I'm still hoping there'll be a way just to take a primarily knight household list. It's just probably... Gonna... As we've been talking about it, the thought that keeps popping in my head is, for cooler rulebook, no. But then they're going to do some sort of expansion where it's going to be, oh, this is how you do all that. And like an apocalypse version of this game. Yeah. Or, I mean, similar to how we got it in the heresy like we've got the admet book and that has the rules for night households in it so i was just hoping we'd have it from the start because they are miniatures available from the start but 
and the way they worded it made it sound like they would, but yeah. Um, then we look at the turn structure. Turn structure is really interesting. It's very similar to Titanicus. In fact, it's almost identical to Titanicus in some, some ways. We start at the start of the game where you write down, you declare orders, but in the case you're actually secretly writing orders for every detachment. Then you roll for initiative, and then you start working through move orders and then combat orders. And then you resolve damage and fall back and calculate victory points. Not a bad game. The blind orders is reminiscent of the original games, so I very much like that. Yeah, it reminds me of the good parts of Aeronautica. I like that. I enjoy the fact that you roll initiative after you declared orders. Like, you don't know if you're going to get the jump on someone, so that's even like that's going to play out how you do your orders. I like the fact that your your units only going to do one or two things. They're going to get to move or shoot. So you resolve, all the, you do all the moving, and then you do all the shooting. So some things are just going to run away, and you have to make sure when you just decide a unit's going to shoot that you know they are going to be in the right position to shoot. Positioning is going to be a big deal in this game. I really think like. <sighs> bit like Titanicus, like there's going to be this push to play on really dense, crowded tables of scenery. And I think the best games are going to have some good mix of scenery where there's going to be good fire lanes. Um, I think more scenery you throw on these games is going to slow these games up tremendously. Now that is something we haven't seen any articles about of game time. We haven't, which I'm... It feels like it should play pretty quick, but who knows? Like you, Unit not being able to shoot at the enemy is a good way to slow up a game. So I mean they so I think they do a pretty good job of describing actually how the nitty-gritty works. We're not going to go into it today because those who care about it have already listened to Reddit and those who are just waiting for the full vision waiting for the full vision. I kind of fall into that last category. I like seeing how something's going to work that you know you're only going to get a single dice from a box and the hit rolls seem pretty high for some of the stuff like legion bolters looks like there's not going to be a huge amount of dice rolling it feels very much like aeronautica more it feels closer to aeronautica than it does titanicus in that sort of sense not a bad not a bad article told us an absolute lot i wish they'd come up with that one a lot sooner because there were a lot of negatives in that particular article um hidden away negatives and it really did it was the first point i've been like oh okay it's not all roses what was a negative that really caught you out? No clear pathway for a full night household. Like, I was a bit like, oh, okay. Like, it, and I, it negative in the sense of like, oh, so this isn't going to be a complete, like, those who've been playing Titanicus aren't going to be day one playing this game. Can't use all your toys after all. Yeah, yeah. My thought was, like, I, a person who's just been playing Titanicus may just be able to pick up the rule book and just start playing. That was my initial expectation as well. And now it's like, actually, no, I've got to pick up some miniatures as well, which I get. Games Workshop are a miniature company. I'm not going to be upset about it. Well, I'm not going to be angry at them for it, but I'm going to be a little bit put out that they led me on to believe I could. Mm. Um, I think that brings us to the closer look at the Legion Astartes article that came out on the 2nd of August. I'm going to be truthful here. I've given this one the briefest of looks. Uh, it came out the first day I had to go back to school. Um, I think this one, all it really was... Um... The only point of interest in it was that it showed like, oh, they're going to have confirmed detachment cards, like extra things you can buy. That's nice. Um, but it went and gave you an, uh, an example of how the detachments looked, like what constitutes a detachment, what kind of upgrades a detachment would have. And really come to find out, oh, the upgrades are you can just add more units to the detachment. Two models to, to three to four or so on, which that's about what we expected. Yeah. How many terminators are you running in a block? Yeah. It. It's all pretty good. I mean, the detachment's basically equivalent to unit. It's all nice. There's some very pretty pictures of the 
Iron Hands collection down there. I'd like the look of them. Um, Iron Hands, or are they something else? Dark Angels. This is a very nice picture of some Dark Angels. Um, they talk about some Legion special rules, which seem really cool. They seem very thematic and very similar to um, her the Horus Heresy versions. Without really getting into the game, I don't know how they're going to be going to be and i like the fact that we have individual legion rules it's it'd be strange if there wasn't and i know at one point we were talking about the idea that perhaps there wasn't going to be individual legion rules and doing it this way gives each legion its own like personality so it is a good thing yeah it is and that finally leads us to the article we started with the heresy thursday next day talking about extra box the solar auxilla that's going to be released at the start of the when the box drops it shows a picture of the box 40 miniatures another round of rapiers and weapons platforms and cyclops demolition vehicles they all look kind of pretty and they'll fit really well with the rest of the the, the auxilla stuff the one thing i noticed from that article was when Eric was talking about the actual contents of the box. They said there would be 40 minis in total in the box, but only 28 are going to be game usable, like final models. So that means you're going to have a lot of like leftover stuff. So like, for example, here, just from my notes, like 12 tarantula batteries, and it's going to be split between like LAS cannon options and the Hyperius missile options. So you're going to have 12 bases and then 12 of either one of the, or the other. That's going to open up the door for a lot of people like me that have other ways to model things. I'm going to get a lot of use out of this box. Yeah, and I, I'm really interested to see what they actually mean by that. Like, is it that or is it like things like this? individual men on the bases of the gut like you've got the rapier crews like are they counting the individual man as a miniature or is the whole base a miniature yeah it seems weird it's i'm cautiously optimistic about that one now <laughs> yeah I, I i i go both ways with that because it's like well if it's only going to be 28 models let me tell call say 28 models but it also makes me wonder if that is how this particular box is set up how are like the marine boxes going to be set up as well? Are they going to be similar to where we're going to get a ton of extra just bits? Or is it going to be more like some kits have them, some don't, because they're made to only have those? Yeah, I don't know. That's 40 miniatures, but several of them combined to make 28 game pieces. So one base of... Oh, I that is... So one base of five infantry miniatures count as a single model for rules purposes. Yeah, so they are counting the individual people on the... Uh, that's just... Yeah weak source their games workshop yep there is my huh moment you aren't getting extra pieces because they split six and six but yeah no so the individual guys standing next to the rapiers the ones standing next to the rapiers are counted as two miniatures because you've got the loader and you've got the guy driving it they form like a single game piece yeah i'm i'm curious to see how this one's going to play out yeah that's a bit of a weird um yeah <sighs> gosh games workshop i mean <laughs> It's been hit that that frustration has been hidden, obviously, by their release update that followed that immediate little notice saying that, you know, <laughs> sorry, a little later in the year. Hmm. Yes. And like I said, and back when I read that article, I was like, oh, it's warehouse issues. I'll have it in two months. Who knows? Maybe this is something that they actually caught way early on and they've already like put the replacement orders in. It's just the replacement have taken longer to get than they expected yeah but then again it, it just seems weird and i just don't like it oh it's definitely it's definitely odd that's for sure games workshop are better than this <laughs> are they though but 
getting boxes, given the size company they are and the global expansion of their like operations, this is really weird. I'll, I'll agree with you on that one. They painted themselves into their own box, and I've just not, not seen them do this before. Anyway, we talked about that enough at the opening of the show. You still on the hype train? I am still eagerly waiting for the game, yes. Do I have reservations about some of the stuff I've seen since then, like with the model counts and all that fun stuff? Yeah, um, I'm a little bit, a little bit ticked off about the what feels like a bait and switch of you can use all your existing models to play it, and mm-hmm. then and come to find out, well, not really. We need you to buy a bunch of stuff, which it's their models company. I get it. Yeah, but I still feel like that's going to influence a lot of my like personal gaming. Of I'm going to have a lot of games where the house rule version of this is not the official rules at all, and that's going to yeah. severely influence how I'm going to go to like proper events. Because if it mm. winds up being like I like running my knights, I like running my titans more so than I like my infantry, I probably won't do like official sanctioned things because I'm not going to be playing their rules. Yeah, no, it's it's a really interesting place for me because it's like. Last time we did one of these episodes, I was like, this is going to be the, like, I I was all aboard the hype train. I thought this was going to be absolutely fantastic. The last month, that clawing doubt has just started growing. And I didn't expect, I didn't expect the balls to be dropped so quickly. Like, not being able to, not getting here and on a correct release window. Not having to already turn around from some of the, like, promises made within a month. Like, you know, if you're going to say, hey, you can use all your models, like, at least be consistent with it. Like, I get Warcom can be really bad about that sort of stuff. I've played Heresy long enough now that I've seen them mess up rules pretty heavily. But that doesn't seem like a rules mess up. That seems like a complete, like, yeah, but it, that's bigger than just a, oh, we forgot that, you know, strength of this weapon's seven, not eight, that sort of stuff. That's why I said it It felt bait and switchy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, which is, I don't know, enough to start us worrying, but um, I'm sure that when the box drops, I'm going to be out there trying to get my hands on one day one. Um, my worry about getting my hands on one has crept up with them having these sort of issues. We had similar issues with um, Warhammer Quest First City. It had a delay and then it came out. There wasn't as many units out there. Like, it just has that sort of, ah, I don't want to rerun of Cursed City on my hands. Another issue is going to be when I first got in Titanicus, I I was able to get one of the Grandmaster boxes day mm-hmm. one, and then I got the thing. They come to find out, oh, it didn't have any of the like the required like dice pack in it. I was like, oh, it just got missed. And so for the first like two months that I had the box, I wasn't able to actually play the game because it was missing important like required things. That was not uncommon at the start of that that drop yes and it was one of those like oh this is the kind of problems that i've experienced with something that like i was willing to wait for Mm -hmm. are they going to repeat the same kind of problems here like hopefully not but what are we going to run into yeah and games workshop are a you know games workshop are a bigger company like i I keep saying oh games workshop are a smaller company than we think um especially if people start you know comparing games workshop with someone like ea or you know some of the big computer game manufacturers which happens far too regularly but I'll happily sit here and compare them to Catalyst Gaming, right, who are currently doing the battle tech. And like, if you're still making mistakes that Catalyst are making, you've got a problem. Yeah. Catalyst struggled to get stuff to the market. Catalyst had some huge dice issues a couple of years ago. But half their staff don't work full-time. Like, you've got full-time personnel, you've got a full-time factory. This should not be complicated. The one thing I will say, though, it that even with all the woes that's 
been going on with this and yeah i've got concerns but i don't feel like it's diminished my enthusiasm for the game no no like, I, that's I'm, I'm still super excited for this thing yeah if, i think it goes back to that point i made at the end of the last show it's like this is going to be the release that makes or breaks games workshop because or for for me anyway because i think this is something that i could love and nothing's taken away the appeal mismanagement of it though could be a problem um and i'm looking forward to getting models in my hand and getting painting at a small scale again and getting some dice rolling um i think that just about wraps us up anything to add aj the only thing that i would add is i saw a tinfoil hat conspiracy about they're trying to hold the release until the next uh siege of terror book comes out so they can do like a combined release again that's the only thing that's i really saw was like mm, i hope not no no it was so so clear it was meant to come out this week this, this week's they didn't even preview the white dwarf today white dwarf should have been up for a, pre a preview today so they're holding they're holding the publication of that and it's probably loaded with ia stuff so they're probably just waiting a week or two I mean, makes me think that maybe we'll get it sooner than later if they're going to hold the White Dwarf back, but maybe they'll release it and just be like, yeah, this is going to start talking about stuff that we haven't previewed yet. That's also happened before when they've had a lay on the book. Happened with the Sylvaneth book in Sigmar a couple of years ago. So, yeah, I remember yeah. that. One. So I think we'll probably end up with a White Dwarf preview next month with them saying, hey, look, a lot of this material in here should have been going with this. And it, they just didn't want to, they just didn't want to land it badly. Not again, like Gen Con weekend. Not that they got a huge Gen Con presence, but it's, you know, don't don't make don't make bad news the week the uh, uh or try and minimize the bad news the week everyone else is making good news. <laughs> yeah, don't be the sensationalized one. And with that, we reach the end of the show. Huge thanks to AJ for sitting with me and talking through those articles those few weeks ago. I do want to say that I had wrapped the show up with AJ and I've cut it out because I was talking about what the next couple of shows were going to be back when I was hopeful that I could get editing done while going through the start of the school year. Obviously, the last three weeks have been a little busy for me, hence why the show has come out when it has. I am hoping now, though, we are through the bulk of the craziness that is the start of the semester and things are going to start falling into a bit more of a rhythm. But that said, I'm making no promises on when the next show is going to be out or what the content of the next show is going to be. It is my intent to record something over Labor Day weekend and get it out as soon as I can. What that timescale looks like, I can't say. But we'll be back with more content before too long. I do also want to add that I think in some ways the emphasis for me to get the show out has stalled somewhat, much like my enthusiasm for... Imperialis has also stalled. I think you tell that through the show itself, that I was feeling less than enthused about the new game. It's still kind of true. I haven't found anything in the last couple of weeks that's made me really excited for New Epic. I'm not sure what I'm going to do about it. I'm still going to continue with the podcast. I'm still playing Heresy. I went to the Pyrex Incursion, the Amber Strand in Dallas two weeks ago and had an absolute blast. I'm not going anywhere, but I think uh, IA may be a, I don't know, I hate saying dead on arrival, but you get that feeling. It's kind of scary. Okay, until next time, I wish you all a great weekend, great good fortune, good luck in the weeks ahead, and I'll speak to you as soon as I can.
please subscribe to the podcast on your podcatcher of choice. And we will see you in two weeks. If you have any questions for the show, please email us at firesofbetrayal at gmail.com or reach out through our social media account or at to their respective owners. Until next time, we wish you all good fortune.